Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I am your host, Ross Bolin, here today for a very special episode, the first of its kind in a new era of OCC, featuring just me, no Mr. Dudley today. Now, before you freak out, I did not eat Barrett. Those of you who are watching HBO's classic crime drama, The Sopranos, with us on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles already know this, but I caught the COVID last week, uh, which wreaked havoc on the podcast recording schedule, so I am playing catch-up solo today, and Mr. Dudley will be back soon. The good news is being sick gave me the opportunity to watch a shit ton, a literal physical shit ton of shows and movies, one of which you people have been bugging the hell out of me to try. And we will start right there with Yellow Jackets. It finally happened. After years and years without giving Showtime my money, reeling from the heartbreak of what they did to Dexter, Californication, Ray Donovan, historically speaking, they have stretched all of their best series on Showtime way too many seasons until they're utterly destroyed. Did you know that Shameless, as an example, is still going? I actually watched some of the episodes of like season 11 or whatever, and holy shit, William H. Macy is still out there pulling scams. Insanity. But so many people have been tweeting at me, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N on Twitter, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, the last couple months to watch this show, Yellow Jackets, that I finally broke and had to resubscribe, and man, it was worth it. Here's the synopsis, all right? It's a wildly talented high school girls soccer team, I like the use of the adjective wildly there, uh, that becomes the lucky or unlucky survivors of a plane crash deep in the Canadian wilderness. Uh, It was an American drama television series created by Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson, starring an ensemble cast led by Sophie Nalise, Yasmin Savoy-Brown, Sophie Thatcher, and Sammy Hanratty as four teenagers involved in a plane crash in 1996. So you get all these cool 90s vibes from the the younger uh, girl version of the story. And then you have Melanie Linsky, Tawny Cypress, Juliette Lewis, and Christina Ricci portraying their adult counterparts. And let me just say off top, both of these sets of cast for this show, the young version of the women and then the women themselves in the present day dealing with the fallout of what occurred in the plane crash in 1996, they're both phenomenal, incredible. Uh, You've also got Ellie Purnell, Steven Kruger, and Warren Cole in lead roles. The series premiered on Showtime November 14th of 2021, and so far has received critical acclaim uh, with praise for its story and its cast performances. And in December of 2021, the series was actually renewed for a second season, which I am extremely excited about because, uh, well, I'll just give you my spoiler-free review of Yellow Jackets on Showtime. This is like Lord of the Flies meets Castaway meets Lost in a psychological thriller slash, like, horror show, except I'm pretty fucking positive that if or when they ever get off the island, nobody is going to say, we have to go back, like Jack, or make friends with a volleyball named Wilson like Tom Hanks. One of the reasons that Euphoria, as an example, has had so much success 
with a brutal topic, right? A just horrifically brutal subject uh, for a show, just like Yellow Jackets is a pretty brutal subject and topic and story for a show. It's the chemistry of the cast, and that was one of my main takeaways watching Yellow Jackets. The chemistry, chemistry between all these teenage girls and their adult counterparts as we fast forward to the present, it's just next level. Uh, it elevates the entire story, and throughout the first season of Yellow Jackets, there are unexpected twists and turns. Uh, you've got insane relationship drama. We've got some LGBTQ plus themes. Elements of horror are pretty frequent. Uh, it does get dark. It does get scary, no doubt, which I love. And there's the presence of the supernatural. Hell, we've got like some semi-superpower type shit going with some of the characters. And the best part of Yellow Jackets is that when season one ends, you feel like you've barely even gotten a taste of the story that they have to offer. There is so, so much left up in the air for season two to attack so much we don't know. I mean, I ended up feeling like I knew less when season one ended than when the story actually began with episode one. You feel like you've barely even scratched the surface that, that like, frankly, we don't even know. There's so much deception, so many lies coming from every character in both of the timelines that you really don't have a feel for who is good and who is bad when it's all said and done. And this isn't a spoiler, but the entire first season ends up feeling framed up against the prospect of cannibalism, right? Historically, you know, we've, we've all heard and seen different stories, read different books, seen different movies about plane crashes and what results. Everybody remembers the Andes. Um, and that's sort of the thing that you find yourself worrying about for the majority of the season. And, I mean, it just, it, whether or not these girls have to eat each other to survive. And man, let me tell you, do they hang that shit over your head the entire time? It is masterfully done. And it, it, I don't want to say that the show wasn't what I expected, because it did bring a lot of what I expected based on what you all had tweeted at me over the past several weeks as you watched it, and as only, only about a month ago, did the uh, the season finale actually air? But it did bring enough interesting twists and turns to the table that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I would give it an 8.8 on my scale of 1 to 10 and highly recommend Yellow Jackets on Showtime to everyone in the Clam Fam who can stomach it. Thank you to everyone who recommended it to me. It got me through, I want to say, three days of of covid suffering which was awesome and uh, if you find yourself in that boat or you get sick or you just are looking for a new show to start couldn't more highly recommend yellow jackets if you can handle the heat uh that is in that proverbial kitchen so that's our first subject for today yellow jackets i'm back on showtime i can't believe it now i'm digging through old episodes of uh shameless and i did not expect to be here but but i am in fact 
here. Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Felix Gray Glasses. Five years ago, Felix Gray set out to create eyewear that would improve daily screen time. And since then, Felix Gray has been on a mission to create a better relationship with the technology that we all know and love and use every single day. Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. I've been working on the internet for over a decade now, spending like 10 hours a day staring at screens, and my eyes get worn the hell out. And when I'm done with work, I like to relax by watching my favorite shows and movies and gaming, all of which involve screens. So a couple few years ago, when I was introduced to Felix Grey, everything changed for me. These glasses are the quality of designer frames. I have some on my face as we speak. These are the Nash frames. And this isn't some cheap blue light coating painted over them that's gonna chip off. Never happens, no chipping, no cheapness, just incredible quality designer frames that are stylish and functional as they protect your eyes from all the blue light that the screens we all rely upon Emit. There is no real cutting back on screen time if you're in an industry like me, but you can do your eyes a solid and get yourself some Felix Grays to get relief from the headaches or the dry eyes or blurry vision or what have you that occurs over the course of your workday. I have like six pairs of Felix Grays now, but my favorite frames for y'all to check out are the Faraday, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y, the Nash, G-N-A-S-H, and the West. Those are my three that I'll recommend. Faraday, Nash, and West. Start the new year off right on the right foot with the right glasses with Felix Gray. Use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC to support the show and get free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges. Non-prescription and prescription available. Check them out now. felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash OCC for free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC. Also, a random note. Psychologists in the Huffington Post uh, have gone so far as to explain to us why people enjoy yellow jackets and euphoria, and I found this interesting. Two sets of quotes here from Sabrina Romanoff. Yellow jackets may be so popular right now because it explores the links people are willing to go to survive their situations. It may be soothing to see beloved characters placed in an analogous White, while heightened, uncomfortable situation as viewers can subconsciously internalize that level of resiliency and strength they are reviewing on screen. And then from Timothy Schlereh, I believe it's pronounced, these types of shows offer us a safe environment in which we can anticipate the types of emotions that will be activated when watching. We're also then more effective in how we respond to and manage these emotions. If desired, we can pause turn away from the screen and process exactly what is happening. This differs from real life, specifically in that we cannot predict how often and the manner in which many situations will affect us emotionally. So the implication being that watching other characters, beloved characters, characters you can identify with uh, or enjoy watching go through incredibly traumatic events is actually somehow comforting to us (laughs) as we all live and breathe in, in, in the year of Satan 2022. So, just wanted to throw those couple psychologi- quotes from psychologists, excuse me, out there um, to kind of touch on the, you know, the psychological reason we all enjoy shows that otherwise would seem incredibly miserable to take on. Speaking of one that I started that is not so miserable, I also watched a new show on HBO or a new show that is exactly like an old show, I should say. It's the Gilded Age, and it's actually from the same creator, writer, and executive producer as Downton Abbey, 
for those of you who enjoyed Downton, uh, I was one of you, shockingly enough. Really loved it. Did not watch the movie yet. Will one day. But yeah, Julian Fellows, the guy who created, wrote, and executive produced Downton Abbey, created The Gilded Age. It's an American historical drama television series uh, that's for HBO, set in the United States during the Gilded Age, the boom years of 1880s New York City. So if you're a big fan of NYC, I know a lot of Americans hold NYC in a very romantic place in their hearts, then you will adore this show. It was originally announced in 2018 for NBC, and it was later announced in May 2019 that the show was moved to HBO, but it didn't premiere until January 24th, just four days ago. 2022. It's starring, shockingly, a member of the HBO family, Carrie Coon from The Leftovers, as Bertha Russell. She's determined to use her money and position to break into a polite society that resists change at every turn. And uh, also Morgan Spector as George Russell, her husband, a classic robber baron representing new money in New York City. Uh, Louisa Jacobson as Marion Brooks. She's penniless and sent to live with her estranged aunt. Uh, two aunts, actually. Aunts, as it were. And then Danae Benton as Peggy Scott, a young, ambitious African-American writer returning home after finishing her education. And, and through episode one, I was pretty entertained. The scenery, the setup... Everything about the style of the show is incredibly comparable to Downton Abbey. If you enjoyed Downton stylistically, you will enjoy The Gilded Age. It is almost a carbon copy of the formula they used to find success with Downton. And uh, I have to imagine, based on the fact that it's on HBO and the incredible cast and the writing and the fact that it's the same creator and executive producer and writer as Downton Abbey, um, that we're, we're, we're in for a treat here. And it was fun through episode one. It was, uh, I was, I was dozing a bit at the end. My energy hasn't been what it was before COVID. I'm still getting my energy back and recovering in that sense. For those of you who have dealt with it, I'm sure you can relate. Um, but all in all, it touches on a lot of different things. The old money versus the new money. Um, the sort of culture clash that occurred in New York City during this Gilded Age in the 1880s in New York City. And this sort of new wave of... Um, like class almost wars in, in New York City that occurred between old money and new money. And then the inclusion of a young, ambitious African-American writer returning home after finishing her education in Peggy Scott's character is going to be extremely interesting to see how they plug in these racial themes. Because when I think of the 1880s in America, I don't really think of like racial progress. And we do have a lot of that throughout the first episode. It's a pretty heavy part of the show, in fact. So looking forward to seeing how that unfolds moving forward um, with episode two, whenever that drops, I'm assuming this weekend. But yeah, The Gilded Age, I also recommend, if you, especially if you enjoyed Downton Abbey. If you never watched Downton Abbey, then I just recommend Downton Abbey. It's a phenomenal television show. But um, this one, obviously focused on the United States and our history here and New York City, the Big Apple, its development, all the different streets. I've only been to New York City one time, so I really don't know all that much about it, and I'm excited to learn more as I watch this show. Uh, outside of crushing all of season one of Yellow Jackets and starting The Gilded Age on HBO, I also, many of you will be pleased to hear, continued my Marvel movie journey. I knocked out three more movies in the MCU. And let me start with 
well, I guess it's chronological anyway, but my favorite of the three that I most recently knocked out was Guardians of the Galaxy. And if you're like, what the hell, Ross? You never watched Guardians of the Galaxy? I never watched Guardians of the Galaxy, I know. I don't really know how now that I've seen it because I freaking loved it. This was my favorite film in the MCU so far. Bar none. It's really not close. Um, obviously featuring an ensemble cast featuring Chris Pratt, who's just a joy. And Joey Saldana, who's awesome. Dave Batista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper. And uh, they play the Guardians along with Lee Pace, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillan, uh, John C. Riley, Glenn Close, Benicio Del Toro. I mean, you know how the MCU does, man. They pull in so many A-listers, it's absolutely mind-blowing. And in the film, Peter Quill... Uh, the main character, I was joking a lot during my COVID stint that I was surviving on Dayquil, Nyquil, and Peter Quill. Uh, but Peter Quill is the, the leader, obviously, of the Guardians, played by Chris Pratt. And he, uh, you know, and a group of extraterrestrial criminals go on the run after stealing a powerful artifact. And that's, for those of you who haven't seen it for whatever reason, I, I can't imagine there are very many of you listening who haven't. That's the premise of the film. Thoroughly enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. Cannot wait to get to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, I also knocked out Avengers Age of Ultron, which I did not like so much. Um, I don't know, man. The, the, the ones that I've hit in the series that are extremely dark, like I just got about halfway through Captain America Civil War last night, I find myself struggling a little more to get into them because the weight of it all, when you kind of know what's coming down the line with Thanos like I do because I'm on the internet and I've seen the memes. It just doesn't, it's hard. I wish I had seen these in real time um, because I I can't garner as much of an appreciation for what's occurring on screen during the heavy, the ones that are supposed to be heavy, like Age of Ultron, just didn't hit the same for me, kind of knowing what's coming down the line. Speaking of things that didn't hit the same for me, I watched Ant-Man with a 103 degree fever. And what the hell was that? I almost, I almost felt bad for Paul Rudd. And then I remembered, this makes him a staple in the MCU, and that Ant-Man 2 is apparently much better, and he actually plays a serious role in what happens down the line, Ant-Man, apparently. But goddamn, that was a rough start, like... I mean, fucking ant war, just like, it was, I was dying. It was silly as hell, man. I'm not trying to see ants fighting little bit. It was like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids superhero movie. It was, I, I've, I've seen that as a child. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was phenomenal. I mean, that hit harder than this. All in all, though, I'm not trying to poo-poo the MCU. I have been extremely stoked with what I've watched. Really enjoyed most of the movies, with the exception of a few, like, um, you know, Ant-Man. And the first Hulk film, thank fucking God that they replaced Edward Norton because we are much, much better off now than we were then. Um, but yeah, very excited to continue watching the Marvel movies and working my way through so that I'm caught up with all of you and can further discuss. At the top of the show, I mentioned this is the first episode in a new era of OCC. And what I meant by that is Barrett and I's schedules are completely insane with him having a full-time career outside podcasting and me running Bowl and Media, which, you know, not only brings you Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, um, but three other shows we produce, the Ross Bolin podcast, my comedy show, 
Formula Bone, our F1 show here at Bolin Media. For those of you who are into F1 racing, subscribe to Formula Bone F1 show hosted by my Ross Bolin podcast co-host, Jared Borslow. Wherever you listen to OCC, you can find the Formula Bone F1 show. You can find the Ross Bolin podcast. And if you're from Houston, you can find Banging the Can, our Houston sports podcast hosted by me. Um, but the point is, between now and when House of the Dragon starts up on HBO, I know we're all looking forward I guess not winter coming, although it probably will be winter again before we get to House of the Dragon, I have to guess. I don't think we have a release date yet there. But between now and then, between now and House of the Dragon, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently than we have in the past here on OCC to alleviate some of the scheduling stress that we've been experiencing, which means some weeks it may be just me, Ross, here updating y'all with what I have been watching. Um, as such, bring on the viewing recommendations. Obviously, I will be continuing my Marvel journey, like I said, about halfway through Captain America's Civil War right now, but I was like, last night I was just like, okay, this is too, this is too depressing, this is too dark. Like, nothing is going correctly for any of these people, um, or superheroes. But, I thoroughly enjoyed Yellow Jackets, and historically, the Clam Fam has done such a good job of recommending stuff for Barrett and I to watch and take on and discuss with all of you here in the Clam Fam. So I want to hear from y'all. I'm on Instagram at W-R-B-O-L-E-N at W-R-B-O-L-E-N and on Twitter at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, just the same. And those are the two best ways to holler at me with show recommendations, whether it be in the DMs or just tweeting at me or whatever. So let me know what you're watching what you're looking forward to starting or whatever you're, you're looking forward to coming down the line later in the year, and uh, I will discuss with you and act accordingly. Also, we are enjoying The Sopranos with one companion podcast per episode of the TV series, friendly to both first-timers like Barrett and repeat viewers like me on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. We are now on season five, episode six. That's what we did uh, this week. Our most recent podcast covers season five, episode six of The Sopranos. And this is probably the most fun I have had podcasting anything in my entire career, as anyone who knows me knows just how obsessed I am with The Sopranos. It is my de facto number one show of all time, likely never to be replaced after Game of Thrones fell on its face during the final season. And if you enjoyed Game of Thrones with Barrett and I and our coverage and discussions, I can guarantee you will love watching The Sopranos with us on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. So go today, sign up. You will instantly gain access to our entire backlog of podcasts covering the first four seasons in their entirety. And as I mentioned, we are currently working our way through season five, the penultimate season of The Sopranos, if you will. One more season to go. Absolutely no reason. You have to be watching with us in real time. This show has been off the air since 2007. This is something we will market for the remainder of this podcast's existence because there is no reason that at any given moment, any of you who want to can't go start The Sopranos with us, whether it be your first time or you're ready to work your way back through it again on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. So hop on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles today and take on The Sopranos with your two favorite TV podcasters, me, Ross Bolin, and our co-host here on OCC, Mr. 
Barrett Dudley. Holler at Barrett everywhere, at Barrett Dudley on Twitter and Instagram as well with your show recommendations as he will also be working his way through new stuff between now and House of the Dragon. And uh, when we are both available at the same time, we will still bring y'all episodes featuring both of us. But when we're not, then we will be getting little shorter, almost mini-sodes like this for y'all to uh, knock out when you're on your commute or in traffic or during your lunch break or whatever. Hope you enjoy. Feel free to holler at me with feedback about that as well. Um, follow us on social media at Clams and Cockles on Twitter, at Oysters Clams Cockles on Instagram, and our TikTok is still mad small at Oysters Clams Cockles on TikTok. So get in on the ground floor. Follow us now on TikTok. We need the support at Oysters Clams Cockles right there on TikTok. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for listening today. My name is Ross Bolin. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at W-R-B-O-L-E-N. And we will be back soon with more TV shows and movies uh, to discuss with you, the Clam Fam. Until next time, stay up. Stay up.